Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Hey Calvary Miami, it's an absolute honor for me today to share the Word of God with you in one of the most amazing cities on the planet. I miss Miami. I need to get back to Miami. But I'm speaking to you from my living room in Buenos Aires, Argentina. We absolutely love Alex and Diana, and thank you for the invitation. Thank you for asking me to share the word, Alex and Dee, with your congregation. We absolutely love you guys. You know that. We miss you. Can't wait to get back to Miami soon. Here in Argentina, we've been in full lockdown since the 20th of March. Basically, my kids haven't left our home for over four months. So we're doing church from our living room, and I love that I get to speak to you there today. And I believe God wants to stir faith in our hearts, and I believe He wants to lift our sight so we can keep moving forward. So let's go together today to the book of Job. We're going Old Testament today. The book of Job. Yes, young people, that is a book in the Old Testament. The book of Job, chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 6 to 12. This is what the Bible says. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright. A man who fears God and shuns evil. Verse 9, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flock and his herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself. Do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Come on, how about we pray together and we dive into this today. Father, I thank you for the opportunity I have to share your word. And I pray, Lord God, that you would speak and stir faith in the heart of every person connected to this moment. Wherever they find themselves, Lord, in their homes, maybe some in their workplace, Wherever they find themselves, I pray that you would speak directly to their hearts, that you would change paradigms in our way of thinking, and that, Father God, we would be strengthened in and through the preaching of your word. Do what only you can do, Father, and I, I thank you for this amazing opportunity that I have today to share your word in Jesus' name, and everybody writes in the chats together, amen. 
On the 15th of September 2015, we had been living in Buenos Aires as a family for one month. We moved to this part of the world on the 15th of August 2015. So on that day that we were celebrating one month since moving from Australia, as a family, we traveled to Medellin, Colombia. Medellin is a phenomenal city. It's a beautiful city, an amazing city. We had traveled there because I was speaking at an event. I was speaking at a conference. It was, it was an amazing event. And Hillsong Young and Free were also going to be leading worship at that event. So we flew to Medellin to, to meet with the guys that were coming in from Australia. And we arrived, it was a Thursday evening. We arrived late that evening. Our hosts who were going to be looking after us met us at the airport. We obviously got the kids in the car, got all our luggage in the car and began the journey to the hotel that we were going to be staying at. This is what you need to understand about Medellin. Basically, most of the city is built in a valley. It's surrounded by, by mountains, it's picturesque, it's beautiful. It's like one of those cities that you always see in postcards in Latin America, amazing scenery. And so when you drive to different parts of the city, there are hills everywhere, hills everywhere. And we were going down a hill on the way to the hotel. We were coming up to a roundabout when all of a sudden our driver says to me, we have no brakes and I can't control the steering. Literally the car, we lost its brakes, stopped working and the steering had gone. We were going about 60 kilometers an hour and we realized the only way we're going to stop is by crashing into something. We saw a wall coming towards us very quickly. And obviously, we slammed against that wall at about 60, 65 kilometers an hour. It was a huge impact. The impact was so great that Lucy flew forward in the back seat, hit her head against the back of the seat, cut her eye open. She required stitches. Uh, my kids had hit each other as well, and they... they obtained injuries in different parts of their bodies. They were sore for days. The, the driver was injured. The person in the passenger seat was injured, even though they had their seatbelts on. When we got out of the car, we realized the extent of that impact. We read the car or the front end of the car was completely pushed in. We also came to realize because there were some Council workers there who let us know that the wall that we hit had only been finished the night before. On either side of the wall, there was about a 10 foot drop because construction was happening. Behind the wall, there were three massive gas tanks. If that wall hadn't been built, we would have fallen into the gas tanks. If that wall wasn't there, we, we would have literally plunged into that 10 foot drop. And who knows what the result would have been. Or I know that today I can give testimony to me being grateful that that wall was there. But the impact was so great that my kids, 
My, my kids were, my, my son at the time was seven years old, my youngest. My kids were completely freaked out and completely, obviously, scared because of what had taken place. After that accident, we, we had prayed every night with the kids and my kids were fearful. For weeks, they couldn't sleep. During that season, for the weeks after that, we faced challenge after challenge. And Lucy and I often would speak and we'd say, what's going on? What's going on? We're, we're following the God dream. We're, we're, we're pursuing what we believe God has placed in our lives, having been sent by our church to the other side of the world. And we're facing challenge after challenge in an accident that could have taken our lives. What is going on? We would pray over our kids, but they still couldn't sleep. Nothing would change. They were, they were faced with fears. They were filled by fear. But Lucy and I made a decision to stay in faith. Regardless of the challenges we faced, regardless of what my kids were going through, we made a decision to stay in faith because we believed that we were in the right place, that this was a God-ordained thing moving to the other side of the world. And regardless of what comes against us, we're going to stay steadfast in our faith and we're going to hold to our convictions that we're here because this is a God-ordained thing. This is why I love the book of Job. And this is why we're in that book today. Because Job, Job is an incredible book. It's known as the book of suffering. Job faced challenge after challenge. So many difficult seasons. His faith was tested and his life was shaken. Job lost all of his material possessions. He lost his children. He endured so much heartache. But in the midst of everything he faced, Job remained with an unshakable faith, which is the title of my message today. Living with an unshakable faith. The word unshakable is defined as something that cannot be moved or swayed. It cannot be dislodged or fall. Job's attitude and faith in the 42 chapters of this amazing book, Job's attitude and faith is something that must challenge us and that must encourage us to cultivate an unshakable faith in our lives, especially in the times we're living in today. There's so many things in this book that challenges every ounce of faith that I have on the inside of me. Someone wrote of Job, faith like Job's cannot be shaken because it's the result of having a life that was shaken. <laughs> There's so much to learn from his life, so much that we can learn and apply to our lives in the midst of this season that we're facing as a humanity. Job was able to maintain an unshakable faith and throughout his most challenging times, he was able to remain steadfast in his faith. Why? Number one, because he didn't allow his situation to limit his worship. He didn't allow his situation to limit his worship. In Job chapter 1, verses 20 to 21, the Bible says that this, 
Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head at the news that he had lost his children, at the news that he had lost his loved ones, and at the news that he had lost most of his material possessions. It says, he got up, tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Job receives troubling news. He receives negative news. He receives painful news. He's lost his children. He's lost his material possessions. And his first response is to fall to the ground in an attitude of worship. He didn't allow his situation to limit his worship. In the midst of the season you're facing, let me ask you this question. What are you allowing to rob you of your song? What are you allowing to limit your worship? This is not a season and this is not a time to turn down the volume on our worship. I'll never forget many, many years ago. Lucy was pregnant. We, we had our eldest daughter, Celeste, already, and, and Lucy was pregnant, and we were so excited about being parents for the second time. And one morning, basically, Lucy wakes up with, with a lot of pain in, in her stomach, and, and we go to the doctor to make sure everything's okay. And when, when we get to the doctor's office, we, we hear the news that no woman who's pregnant wants to hear that she had miscarried, that, 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 that we had lost the baby. Obviously, that news to anyone is devastating. Obviously, that news to anyone is painful. I, I remember we, worked out, we walked sorry, out of the doctor's office and we went and sat in the car and I turned the ignition on in the car and the stereo came on and at that time, I had one of our, one of our worship albums on. And worship comes on before I turn the engine on. And as I'm about to turn the engine on, Lucy just grabs my hand and says, wait. And she turns up the volume on the car stereo. And we just sat in the car weeping and worshiping God. Our first response in that painful time, our first response after having received negative news was to turn up the volume on our worship. And I want to challenge you, friend, to not allow this season. For us, as I mentioned, since the 20th of March, we have been in isolation. This season brings with it so much limitation. There's so much we can't do. There's so many places we can't go. There's so many people we can't see. We're surrounded by limitation, but I've made a decision to not allow this situation to limit my worship. Throughout this season that we've been in isolation, we've made it a point every day to fill our home with worship. Day after day, on our TV, we put different worship bands on. Not all the music is from Hillsong. Forgive me. But we made a choice 
that we're not going to allow this season to limit our worship and that we're going to fill the atmosphere of our home with worship. And it's why I want to challenge you to cultivate an unshakable faith like Job's. We must make a decision that the season or the situation will not limit our worship. Why? Because worship shifts your attention. It shifts your attention off your challenge and places it on the greatness of God, on the majesty of God, on the power of God. Worship is an attention shifter. And that's why don't allow your situation to limit your worship. Friend, you and I were created to worship. Psalms 96 verses 1 to 4 says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. That's why, friend, worship must be our first response. Worship proclaims the good news of salvation. Worship declares his glory among the nations. Worship speaks of his wonders as we sing out and we declare his greatness. We declare his power and we declare his majesty. And if we're going to be people who live with an unshakable faith, we're going to be people who understand that regardless of the season, regardless of the challenge, regardless of the storm, no situation and no circumstance can limit our worship because our worship is not circumstantial. Our worship is based on the goodness of God. Job was able to cultivate an unshakable faith because he didn't allow his situation to limit his worship. Number two, Job didn't allow his situation to change his confession. In Job chapter 1, verses 21 to 22, he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Job chapter 27, verses 3 to 4 says, As long as I have life within me, the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not say anything wicked, and my tongue will not utter lies. Friend, we must understand that as people of faith, we must decide, determine, and make sure that whatever situation we face does not change our confession. The kingdom of God has a language. You know, I, I speak Spanish, I speak English, I, I speak a little bit of Portuguese. Uh, you may speak a, a different language. The kingdom of God has a language, and it's a language of faith. It's a language of purpose. It's a language filled with vision. It's a language of promise. It's a language of destiny. It's a language that encourages, that lifts up. It's a language that pretty much is filled 
and determined by the word of God. The kingdom of God has a language and that's why we must not allow any situation to change our confession if we're going to cultivate an unshakable faith. That's why in this season, there's so much going on in the world. Not just with the coronavirus, but with the discrimination that is going on across the, across the globe and the awareness that has come to the forefront in different places of the earth with something that's always existed and it's racism, so much injustice, so many people being marginalized as people of faith. We must understand that we cannot speak the language of the world, that we must speak the language of the kingdom. That's why our words, our tweets, our social media must encourage, must inspire faith, must bring peace to those who surround us. People must see a difference in our confession because we're people of an unshakable faith. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, that the tongue has the power of life and death. That those who love it will eat its fruit. I believe a modern day translation would also say our thumbs have the power of life and death. With what we post on Instagram and what we put on Twitter and what we share on Facebook. And we must understand that everything we communicate, whether it's with words that flow from our mouths or words that are typed with our thumbs, that they are words that produce life, that they are words that, that encourage, that they are words that uplift, that they are words that point to the truth of who Jesus is. Proverbs 10 verse 11 says, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Our words, friend, must bring life. With so many things being said across the globe right now, so many things that are being said, we must make sure that as people of faith, where some are speaking fear, we are speaking faith. Where some are speaking uncertainty, we are speaking purpose. Where others are speaking confusion, we are speaking with clarity. Because as people of faith, we must change the narrative and hold fast to our confession. Job didn't allow his circumstance to change his confession and he cultivated an unshakable faith. See, friend, we must understand this. An unshakable faith is not a faith placed in faith. An unshakable faith is a faith placed in an unshakable God. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. An unshakable faith is one that doesn't allow the situation to limit our worship. It doesn't allow the situation to change our confession. And number three, doesn't allow the situation to cloud our perspective. Job didn't allow his situation to cloud his perspective. In Job chapter 42, verses 1 and 2, after Job pretty much questioned his emotion, after Job went back and forth with three of his friends, 
They are known as the comforters. His comforters always try to lower his perspective and cloud his perspective and have him focus on his wrongdoing. But in their constant conversations, Job tried to raise their perspective and have them focus on the goodness and the greatness of God. In Job chapter 42, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, When the Lord comes and speaks to Job, then Job replied to the Lord, I know you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. In other words, no purpose of yours can be limited. And let me speak that over your life. I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what challenges are coming against you. I don't know what's fighting for your attention. I don't know what's trying to get you off course from the purposes of God in your life. But I know he can do all things for you, in you, and through you. And I know that none of his divine purposes for your life can be thwarted or can be limited. And you cannot allow your situation to cloud your perspective. James chapter 5 verse 11. James says of Job, as you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. In the midst of everything Job faced, his pain, his loss, his uncertainty, he says that, God, I know you can do all things. He didn't lose perspective. He says, I know that none of your purposes Regardless of what's coming against me, regardless of what's challenging my faith, my faith, regardless of what's fighting for my attention and trying to get me off course, I know that none of your purposes can be thwarted or limited. He had a correct perspective. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And we must live in the midst of every challenge and in the midst of every situation with an eternal perspective. An unshakable faith is a faith that is built on a kingdom and eternal perspective. Let's listen to Paul, what he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul, another one who faced hardships, another one who was imprisoned, another one who was almost beaten to death. Paul, one who suffered so much loss and endured so much pain. This is what he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 13 to 18. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe, therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs the more 
So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul challenges our perspective to not fix our eyes on that which is seen, the challenge, the circumstance, the storm, the limitation, but to fix our eyes on that which is unseen, the promise of God, the power of God, the person of the Holy Spirit that surrounds us and works in us and wants to work through us. And by fixing our eyes on what is unseen, we're going to cultivate an unshakable faith with a kingdom and eternal perspective where no situation, no circumstance or no challenge is going to be able to cloud our perspective. Maybe right now, friend, what you need to do is just take a step back from your challenge. Take a step back from your situation. Take a step back from that which you're facing right now and get a God perspective on the situation. Knowing, as the Bible says, that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Job didn't allow his situation to cloud his perspective because he knew, regardless of what comes against me, regardless of what I may face, I still know and believe that God can do all things and that no purpose of his can be limited. Job maintained his confession. He allowed his confession to be determined by God's faithfulness and God's greatness. Don't allow your situation to change your confession. And Job didn't allow his worship to be limited. His first response was worship. May it be our first response when we're faced with challenge. Because that is how I believe we can cultivate a faith that is unshakable. A faith that is steadfast. A faith that is firm and a faith that is founded on the goodness of God, the greatness of his grace, the depth of his love and the beauty of his mercy towards us. So, Father, I pray for every single person right now that is connected to this moment. You know their challenge. You know their pain. You know their circumstance. You know their situation. And I pray, Father God, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that wherever they find themselves right now, that through the screen, you would minister strength into their lives. That you would stir up faith. For we know the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That an unshakable faith would be their portion. Because they don't allow any situation to limit their worship, change their perspective, or cloud their perspective and change their confession. Father, I thank you for them today. I thank you that your grace is sufficient. It's more than enough. It's more than enough for each and every one of us in the midst of our challenges to rise up and keep moving forward. Because you go before us and prepare the way. We know you can do all things and that none of your purposes can be thwarted or limited in our lives in Jesus' name. And just before I hand back locally to the team, I want to pray for you. Uh, maybe you're connected with us for the first time. 
connected to a church service, you, you receive the link or the information from a friend or from a loved one. And when you hear someone talk about God or mention the name Jesus, so automatically you think about religion, rules, regulations. Well, you need to know today, friend, that the God we're speaking about, he's not a God of religion. He's not a God of rules and tradition. He's a God of relationship. Why? Because he's a God of love and he loves you. He is for you. He has an incredible plan and purpose for your life. But for you to connect with that plan and purpose, what you need to do is say yes to him. Is place your faith in him. The beginning of the journey of faith is saying yes to him. He's opening up your heart to him, understanding that he loves you and he's for you. And I want to pray a prayer for every single person that's connected to this moment, wherever you may be. And you know you need to say yes to Jesus. You know you need to place your faith in him. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been or what you've done. Your past mistakes are not greater than his mercy. Your past mistakes, what the Bible calls sin, are not greater than his love towards you. He loves you and wants to forgive you. All you need to do is say yes to him. I also want to pray for those of you who are connected. And you know that at some point in your life, you said yes to Jesus. But because of situation or circumstance, you turned your back on him. You're, you're what the Bible calls, you're backsliding in your heart. You abandon, like the prodigal son, the arms of the father. And you know you need to come back to him. Well, I also want to include you in this prayer. Please know that there's nothing or no one that can separate you from his love reposition yourself and say yes to him again right where you are if that's you if you need to say yes to Jesus and begin this adventure of faith or you need to reposition yourself before him because you drifted away I want you to say these words after me but here's the thing come on if you're surrounded by friends by family members by work colleagues I want them to say these words with you supporting you in this decision that you're making. Let's pray these words together. Dear Jesus, today I open up my heart and surrender ownership of my life to you. I ask for forgiveness of all my sins. Wipe away my past and give me a brand new start. I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior and ask that you'd guide me in living a life that honors you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just made that decision, man, I congratulate you. I congratulate you. Hopefully on the chats, people are filling the chats with clap emojis because that decision you just made is worthy of being celebrated. If you just made that decision and you prayed that prayer, I want you to stay connected for a moment. I imagine that Pastor Alex is going to come back on now once I say goodbye and talk to you about how this amazing church, Calvary Miami, wants to connect with you. This is the thing about the local church. We believe we are better together. And I know that the team has something prepared to help you move forward in your journey with God and develop your relationship with him. So please make sure you get connected. 
Alex, Diana, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for this amazing honor and privilege of sharing the word with your congregation. A simple faith-stirring word, which I believe was the word God put on my heart for you guys. We love you and we can't wait to get back to Miami soon. God bless. See you then. Then. Then.